Are you part of the nearly 50% of Americans who, because of the coronavirus, are reassessing their relationship with work, according to CNBC? In October, the Labor Department's job openings and labor turnover summary suggested that roughly 4 million Americans are quitting their jobs each month in a trend commonly referred to as the Great Resignation. And the number one reason why is greater flexibility and freedom, according to CNBC. Peter Strokorb is an international entrepreneur and business owner who spent more than 20 years in the corporate world environment, and he grew tired of the corporate world and the politics associated with that, and he found that he could be more effective on his own. He also discovered inward-looking, product-selling approaches were failing to achieve the desired results. So, he took matters into his own hands and used his experience and expertise to launch his own business where he gives people the power to discover their sales potential. He joined me this week to have a conversation about effective entrepreneurship, sales, and succeeding in business. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation. Absolutely. So, Peter, if you're ready, I'll welcome you to the program. And I'm excited to learn all about your time in business and what keeps you busy and helping people in the space. Great to uh, see you this afternoon, or I guess for you it would be morning. So, it's great to see you today, and thank you so very much for being here. Now, thanks, Kevin, for having me on your, on your show. It's awesome to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So, Peter, before we dive into your business background and how you help people, I'm curious if you could give me a 360-degree view of your life, both personally and professionally, and sort of where you got to where you are today. Okay, so so have you got several hours to do that? I'll go pull out some popcorn <laughs> and come back. How about that? <laughs> Now, look, I, okay, so look, I've, uh, professionally, I've spent more than 20 years in the corporate world um, before I couldn't stand the backstabbing politics and, uh, and uh, committee decision-making <laughs> any longer, and I started my own business uh, simply because I, could, I, I felt that um, with my expertise and my gain know-how, I could help organizations to sell more faster, which is now my business motto. So for the last 10 years, I've been helping organizations in the US, in Canada, in Australia, New Zealand, and in the UK, 
to improve their sales framework, this, the way that they sell. And I, and I do that by helping them to stop thinking about what they're selling and how they want to sell it. And instead start thinking about their buyers and how they want to buy it. And, and that, that is a, a bit of a mind shift, mindset shift that uh, I help facilitate through a, a framework that I, that I teach. Now, yeah, personally, I personally, just, uh, you know, personally, I, I have, um, I'm a married man. I've got three kids at home. They're all, they're all teenagers. Uh, some, my, my daughter has just turned 14. She's just gone into the dark side. <laughs> and, and, and my eldest is uh, nearly 20. He's just about to come out of it. So, but uh, it's, it's a bit of a lively household and uh, yeah, lots of debating and, and stuff going on, uh, especially around, you know, job, future of jobs and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, education and yeah, the usual, as you can imagine. Yeah, of course, it keeps you young, doesn't it, Peter? I don't know. I think it makes me old. Uh, well, young at heart, anyway. You can provide some perspective to the, the new generation, I guess, huh? Yeah, that's, that's only provided they will listen, Kevin. <laughs> well, that, well, that's that, that's true, absolutely. So, uh, diving into your experience, you had mentioned that you had uh, uh, more than 20 years in uh, sort of the corporate world and that you found that the usual inner looking way of product focused selling wasn't really uh, appealing or falling short. So I'm, I'm wondering how you uh, look at the paradigm shift of business today and why it was important for you to sort of come up with with an alternative model of helping people sort of sell or meet them where they are? Yeah, look, the, that, that's, that's a great question. Thank you for asking it. So, so firstly, when, when I uh, left the corporate sector, I, I wrote a book and, and then my, uh, I launched earlier this year my second book. It's called Smarketing, Sell Smarter, Not Harder. And it's available at all good Amazon stores, right? Um, but but the um, the reason that I quit the corporate world and I started my own business was was that I, I felt there was a real shortcoming in the world of selling, and and that is that uh, you know from the product manager down, everybody gets really fascinated with the products or services that we're selling, and we're then trying to get our customers uh, enthusiastic about what we're selling, but we don't talk about what's in it for them. You know, why should they be interested? We just say our product is so great, you just should be interested, you know, and, and, and that's really the wrong mindset. So if, if, if somebody comes to you, Kevin, and says, we've got this fantastic product, first thing you want to know, well, what does it do for me? Would that be right? Absolutely. Everybody's an instant gratification society, aren't they? Well, well also, you want to know, I'm getting like 10 um, cold calls a day, I'm getting spammed with emails, and they get pitch slapped on LinkedIn, you know, how do I know what is actually worthy of my time and what isn't? And, and the default is now that I'm, 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 I'm saying, look, no matter what you're selling, I'm not interested, which is why it's so important now to not just reach out to your ideal prospects, but to engage with them in, in a meaningful way, to draw them into a business conversation, to, to create what I call the lean forward moment where you say, Kevin, that sounds really interesting. Tell me more about that. So you, we, we want to, at the first point of contact, we don't want to sell to them, which is the mistake that a lot of people make. What we want to do is intrigue them. Just get them curious so that they say, tell me more. 
And once they say, tell me more, then they've given you their explicit permission to sell to them because they've asked you a question. Uh, you, you have not earned the right to sell until they ask you that question. Yeah, and you also said that, that buyers of certain products were, were being approached as uh, a seller and they were hailing to be a, a sort of, like you said before, the sales pitch uh, model. So I'm also curious to, uh, to get your, your uh, perspective on sort of the entrepreneurial wanting to get uh, your message or product into the hands of people, but also get them excited about the process of getting approached uh, to consume your product. Okay, so, so as I said, the, the key is not to talk about ourselves. You know, if, if we start off saying, we are this and we have that and we're great and you just got to buy from us, nobody will care. And, and, and Kevin, you, you see that in your own emails when you get them on a daily basis. People say, we are a apps development company. You know, we do SEO. We do blah, blah, blah. And you go, okay, that's nice that you do that, but what's in it for me? So, so the key to engaging with your ideal customers in a proper way is actually to get them interested in, in, in what's in it for them the outcomes you can achieve for them and possibly where, you, where you've done it before for, for organizations and people and processes that, that uh, look like them. So, so the, the, the way this, um, this whole prospecting and demand gen work is being done at the moment is, is all the wrong way around because we, we, we try to spam 100,000 people hoping that three will be interested. And in the meanwhile, you might get three new clients, but you will also ruin, potentially ruin a relationship with 99,997 others. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I, my, my argument to my clients, and I know it works because we've proven it in practice, is that if you do a better job focusing on the right type of clients and engage with them on a more individual basis, you, you will get, you, you will um, create much better relationships. You will not ruin your brand and you'll get more business. Yeah, absolutely. You have to sort of meet uh, people where they are and read the room, don't you, Peter? Well, you got to treat customers like customers, not like a, like a sales opportunity. Uh, well, that's yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I'm I'm curious to get your thoughts on uh, diversity and inclusion in businesses. I shared with you before, Peter. I've done some work in the past for uh, folks with disabilities and finding employment. And, you know, one of the things that I uh, firmly believe is that the business and entrepreneurial space is ripe with opportunity for folks with disabilities. So I'm uh, curious and to get your perspective on what diversity, equity, and inclusion looks like uh, in business. Okay, so look, I, I can come at this from several angles. Um, one is that uh, what you don't know about me probably is that I sit on the board of a not-for-profit organization that looks after disabled people and uh, in their own homes. So we provide the carers that, uh, that come to you and help you get out of bed in the morning and get you dressed and, and, and uh, you know, showered and ready for the day. And, and I can see that they all have a contribution to make 
despite their disability. Just because they're disabled doesn't mean that they're not, they're not worthy. And, and, uh, and a lot of people think, oh, well, if you haven't got all your faculties, then you mustn't be as good as an able-bodied person. But that's, that's a fallacy. It's, it's just a plain wrong assumption. The, the other angle is that we, come, we, come, we could come at it from a, um, a perspective of unconscious bias, whereby people, people just say, oh, I, I, don't, I don't know what's wrong with you, so therefore I don't trust you. Right? And, and that's just a subconscious uh, thing that people do. They don't mean, mean it in a bad way. They don't mean to be um, you know, evil or, or, or biased. It's just unconscious bias. So we, we, we need to, to uh, combat that. But probably the, the biggest and best argument for having diversity in the workplace is that you want to avoid groupthink. You know, if, if you have a whole bunch of middle-aged men making decisions, <laughs> you know, you, 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 you're going to get uh, um, agreement in the group, but you may be blindsided to an aspect that you hadn't considered, or you might be blindsided to an opportunity that you've missed because you don't have that diversity in the group. And I'm not, not just talking about male to female ratio, which is very topical at the moment, you know, when we talk about equality and we mean males and females, um, but, but also, you know, gay, lesbian, uh, you know, um, heterosexual, um, uh, racial religion and then yeah by all means uh, um, disabled people as well so so the more diverse your decision making group is the better decisions you make yeah i always say that uh diversity equity and inclusion or uh creativity breeds collaboration doesn't it when you have more well, well, well that's that's that there's there's two elements there that there's a a proactive element that says what are the things that we have not considered and where there's maybe opportunities that we uh, that are open to us without us realizing or you can go the other way and say what risks are we not not um, mindful of and and uh, uh, having more diversity in the group might actually point out some risks to you that you weren't aware of so it's 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 just good business frankly yeah, absolutely. And uh, Peter, I'm also curious to get your perspective on the notion that once you become an effective salesperson, how do you think uh, uh, your experience in business or sales can positively affect other aspects of your life? I'm curious. Okay, so, so in sales, First, let, let's talk about what a good salesperson is, <laughs> right? Um, because, because you've got the hit and run salespeople that they go, Kevin, thanks for the deal. I'm off to the next one and you won't see me again, right? Um, so more the transactional type salespeople. Um, and then there's the, the relationship builders that say, Kevin, I, I value your, your, your business and I want you to come back for more. So therefore I'm going to treat you like a customer and, and, uh, and going to treat you in, in a way that makes you want to come back and do more business with me, right? I, I kind of prefer the latter. I prefer the ones that want to build relationships and are there for the long run and not, not the ones that hit and run. Um, so having said that, in, in order to build relationships, you need to have empathy. So I need to understand your perspective and I need to be able to think in your shoes so that um, I can help you make an informed decision to buy from me. Yeah, Having that empathy then helps you in other parts of your life as well. So with your, with your family, with your relationships, with your, with your partners, with your community, and, and, and just um, basically um, makes you a better person in, in, in life if you have that, that uh, ability to step into somebody else's shoes and see things from their perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And 
And Peter, I'm also wondering for you, uh, what's the best part about being in business? And uh, secondarily, what's the best part about living life for you personally? I'm curious to get your answer. Okay, so the best part of, of for being in business for myself <laughs> is that I'm my own boss. The, the worst part about it is that I don't have a big brand behind me and I don't have a whole a bunch of staff that, um, that you know, will do stuff as soon as I say, let's do it. Um, but, uh, but I enjoy the freedom and the autonomy because um, when I was in, in, the, in the corporate world, I found it incredibly stymieing that you had to ask a, a, a committee for, to make a decision and that you, you couldn't just uh, be entrepreneurial and, and, and uh, decide to do something and then execute it, you know, so, and, 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 fa and fail fast, if you like. Um, how, <clears throat> how that works out in, in my personal life is that, um, you, you know, of course, while I'm, while I'm still stressed about my, my business, it, it's, it's my business that I'm stressed about my business, you know. And, and, and I'm, I know who, whom I'm doing it for, and I know why I'm doing it. So it, I think it makes me a better person. Yeah, absolutely. Provides you a, a, a more perspective on life, I'm sure. And, and I'm also wondering uh, about the book, uh, the, about, about the books that you've written and what you get out of expressing yourself through the written words. I'm wondering if you could tell me all about uh, that process as well. Okay, so this is this, the second book I've written. I'm, I've got a third book in my brain. I haven't quite got it out yet. But the, the first book I wrote just to prove how clever I am in retrospect, right? <laughs> so so, so I, <clears throat> I, I, I just wanted to put my thoughts out there and, um, <clears throat> and uh, make it available to others. But I didn't really think about how valuable is it to others. I, I, was, I was more focused on getting this, getting this stuff out of my brain and onto, onto a page. I've, I've since matured a little bit, maybe. <laughs> and, and I've decided, decided to, um, to make the second book more useful in the sense that it actually has some concrete tips um, and success stories that are relating to the real world and, and, and making it much more tangible for people to, to not just see, oh, how clever is Peter, but actually to benefit and, and use this, this, the learnings that I'm, I'm giving them to um, enhance their own lives and their own professional, professional lives. Yeah, absolutely. And Peter, tell me, you've shared with me that you have, uh, I think, three kids. I'm, I'm curious to uh, get your perspective on what sort of legacy you want to leave as a dad. So the, the main thing, that's a very good question, Kevin. The, the main thing I wanted to, uh, legacy, the legacy I want to leave with my kids is that whatever they do, whatever they encounter, whatever situation they're facing, they will know what is the right thing to do. Yeah, so, so, I, so integrity is a, is, a, is, a, is a very big deal to me. And I wanted to instill integrity into them, you know, and, and, and they say integrity is um, doing the right thing, even if no one's looking. And, and so I'm, I'm trying to instill that into them to, to say it's just so that they know doing the right thing is, is doing the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. And Peter, for you, how do you define happiness, both personally and professionally? Okay, so let's me start off with professionally. Professionally, it is being having the freedom to do what you want to do, you know, without impeding on other people's lives. But but having that that 
you know, financial and, and lifestyle liberty to, to do what, what, what do you want to do and not be boxed in by, you know, circumstances. The, <clears throat> on a, on a, on a, a personal level, I, I think I've, I've achieved a lot in, in my life. My, my job is now to help other people do better. So that's why I've got my business and I, and I help people to sell more faster. That's my, my business motto. Um, I help organizations to sell more faster um, by giving them a customer focus. Um, and also that I can now spend more time, focus and energy on setting my kids up to be good citizens and to contribute to the world, um, even if I'm no longer here. Uh, yeah, and you had shared with me uh, uh, that all of your kids are now the, uh, in or leave, leaving the teenage phase. So I'm wondering what sort of uh, challenges has the pandemic uh, provided you or opportunities to uh, connect more uh, with your kids from a parenting perspective? Okay, so... so so with, with my kids, they, um, because of the pandemic, we did um, remote learning. So, mm -hmm. so the school was conducted via Zoom. And I have to tell you that the teachers had more trouble with that than the kids. <laughs> and, and so we had the kids here pretty much 24 seven, you know, in their own rooms with their own laptops doing their schooling. And, uh, and it, it sort of helped us to come together more, but it also made us be more in each other's face all the time. So, so we, we, you know, we developed a bit of cabin fever and, uh, and, and you know, probably got each other to know more than we cared for so at, at one occasion. <laughs> on occasion. Um, but but I, I, overall, it wasn't a bad, uh, bad experience. Professionally, Kevin, I have to say to you that the pandemic has actually done me a favor, ironically. And, and, and that is that uh, everybody in the world started doing business on Zoom. And the, the, your geographic location was no longer important. What became important is whether you can deliver value or not. Yeah? And, and so I, I have uh, clients on three continents in, in, in North America, in the UK and in Australia, who don't frankly care where I am, geographically speaking, as long as, as I can deliver value to them through a medium like this one, like, like on Zoom or any other video platform. So, so ironically, the, the pandemic has actually opened up the world for me and has made me available to the world in a much better way. Yeah, absolutely. And Peter, before we wrap up, I would be remiss if I, I didn't ask anyone listening or watching this podcast can see uh, clearly that you have an accent. So I'm wondering, uh, where where you were born and bred, and how that has affected uh, the person you are today. So, so I, I, I live in in Sydney in Australia, and and uh, and I'm I'm down under, which is why I'm I'm saying to you, I'm speaking to you from the future because we're we're actually ten hours ahead of you, <laughs> and and and, uh, and sometimes I joke that I I, I know today's lotto numbers. If you want them, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but they are. But but um, uh, the um, Australia is a um, is sort of a halfway point between the UK and the USA. You know, we're probably a bit more like the Canadians than than the um, than the Americans. 
in, in, in the sense we're a bit more conservative in, in business and, and we value our uh, environment and we value our lifestyle and we value our, our, our families. <clears throat> um, and, and we're probably not quite as hard-nosed in business as some of some of the East Coast uh, Americans, um, but we're also not, you know, not quite as relaxed as the West Coast. <laughs> so so if, if, if you know what I mean, it, it, um, it's a big country. It's, a, it's both basically the size of the USA, not uh, without Alaska, but, but we only have 25 million people in it. So, and, and we mostly live around the, the outside near the ocean. So, so we've got um, a few very um, large centers like Sydney and Melbourne, and, and, and then a whole bunch of smaller ones uh, around, around the country as well, which, which gives us sort of a perspective that, that um, lends itself to North America, to the UK, to Canada, um, and to Australia and New Zealand as well. And, and we can kind of be the best of, of um, all worlds. The, the other thing that happens is that because we're only a, uh, we're a large country, geographically speaking, but a small country from, from a population perspective, everything's super competitive. You know, they're, they're, for every job that's out there, for every um, sales opportunity that's out there, there's, there's a whole bunch of people vying for the same thing. So it becomes super competitive. So it makes us think on our feet. And sometimes we're a little bit ahead of the curve in terms of that competitive business thinking um, to what, uh, what the Canadians or the uh, Americans would, uh, would be about. So, so we're, actually, we're actually blazing a bit of a trail here in that sense. Well, you know, I, I always like to consider myself to be a trendsetter, so absolutely. Uh, and Peter, tell me, if people want to get connected with you, what's the best way they can do that? So, so my name is Peter Strokop. You can find me on LinkedIn. Please uh, connect with me. Uh, I'd love to connect. My website is called peterstrokorp.com, just my first name and my last name.com. Very, very easy to find me. If you can't find me, just Google me. I'll come up, I'll guarantee it. Uh, well, you, you've got a, a unique perspective on life, business, and everything in between, Peter. And I have to tell you, I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and opportunities you engage in conversation, your time. Energy and efforts on my behalf are most appreciated. And I want to thank you for being here today. It's most appreciated. Now, thank you, Kevin, for having me on your show. <clears throat> and if, if anybody wants to reach out to me and just talk about their business, I'd be happy to give them my time and expertise um, uh, in, in a free call.